Welcome to the weekly teaching program from Finally Alive Ministries with pastor and counselor Gary Aris. Gary is a full-time pastoral counselor and teacher of God's Word. He has a remarkably deep passion to see people set free in Christ. You may call our prayer line at 657-246-2464 or email at prayer at finallyalive.com. That's prayer at finallyalive.com. Now, let's join Gary as he shares some amazing truth from God's counsel in this week's teaching. Tashia Beekman says, very Gary good. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. I agree as well. Many feel worthless everywhere. I do pray your ministry is greatly blessed and so many may be freed of the lies Satan instills in the depths of this earthly place where we breathe. So Tashia, thank you for that wonderful comment um, for our last show, episode nine, Why Are You Worthless? If you haven't listened to that yet, go ahead and check that out. You can hear that on Finally Alive Radio. By the way, welcome to the show, Finally Alive Radio. I'm your host, Gary Aris. Hope you're doing well today. You know, I, I, I threw out my back a couple days ago uh, and, I'm, and I'm in quite a bit of pain here. I was told I can do a rerun of the show. Uh, if you don't know, we're on the radio, 99.5 KKLA, if you're listening to the podcast, of course. So I was told I can just do a rerun of, a, of an older show uh, just for the sake of, you know, just so you can feel better. But I decline. I, I say no. I think I should do the show. Uh, let's not do a repeat if we don't have to. I'll bear with the pain. Uh, in fact, even yesterday in counseling, people people saw me uh, kind of limping, kind of making my way to the office, and I could tell the faces they just were just cringing because <laughs> it, 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 it's painful. I'm I'm in pain, uh, and they just said, you know, we can cancel the session if you want to, and it's totally fine. I, I we we understand. Uh, but I said, no, no, we'll, let's just push through. And and, uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be very, very honest. It's because of you. Uh, I don't want to leave you hanging. I want to do my best. If I can be here, uh, even if it's if, even if it's pain, it's, it's somewhat bearable. So I'll push through. I'll be okay. I'll live through this too. But, uh, you know, I may not know you, but... You're worth it. I'll just say it like that. You're definitely worth it. You know, I made a commitment to God, first of all, to do this. He put this on my heart to do, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do everything I can to come through for this show until he says it's done. Uh, and then then we'll stop. I don't need the show. I don't need to do the show, but it's on my heart to do. I feel like the Lord has guided me or taken me to this place. He's out, He's opened up opportunities for for radio and and for podcast abilities to do this so i'm going to do my best and be the best steward i can be for this and um and here we are so that's the first reason the second reason is you i want to be here for you as best as i can some people i can i can be in session with you and and some i may never meet you i may never even hear your voice you'll know who i am but i won't know who you are and that's fine i i get that but even even though i don't know you you're important enough for me to do the show with my backache here. And, you know, I, I do have to credit my parents on this one. They did do some things right, okay? Uh, I still remember when I was a kid, you know, my dad, he would go to work and and rarely, incredibly rarely miss. I mean, he would have to be beyond sick for him to miss work. 
he wouldn't miss work. And my dad, my mom, same thing. Uh, you know, I would be sick. I'd have the cold. And, and she said, nope, get dressed. We're going, we're, you're going to school. And it rarely, rarely would I miss school. So, you know, you've, I've got to, I've got to appreciate that. And I think that's what's uh, groomed me into even pushing through uh, some backache that I'm feeling right now as we speak. But so be it. So be it. It, it is what it is. And um, we'll make it through. Look, we're doing it. Okay, we're doing it. So it's all right. Uh, Tashia, again, I, I thank you for your comment there. That was uh, very, very nice of you. I appreciate that. I would love to hear more comments. The other day, I also got another comment. Let me share this one uh, with you. I can't remember it verbatim, but it was, um, it was a lot of criticism, and I appreciate that. And I, I want to share a little bit of this with you, and I'll kind of give you the gist of it, of what I remember at least, with, especially with uh, the last episode. And so, so it's funny. We have a positive comment, and then uh, we have some criticism well, let me share both sides. So if I remember correctly, they said, you put out a lot of Bible verses, which was tough because I'm just chewing on the first Bible verse and here you are going to the next Bible verse. And I had, a, I, and I did, I had a whole bunch of Bible verses there. And they even said they didn't like the intro music. So let me take you through how I'm, I'm going to process this because I think this is helpful because we all get criticized um, and I believe it's, it's actually a good thing. So let me help you with this. So there's a couple different things I can do with the said criticism. In a nutshell, it was too many Bible verses and, and they didn't like the intro music. Okay, so let's take a, a couple different approaches here. One, I can go into the sad route. I can get sad about this and say, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm you know, they're right. I, I must not be good enough. Maybe I should just quit this and throw this all away. I mean, I'm not, I'm not made for this. I'm, I, I don't have any radio background in all of this. I'm only nine shows in and here's number 10 here. What do I know? Uh, and the intro music, yeah, they're right. That it's just a horrible song. And why, why would I even pick that? What was I even thinking? Geez, Gary, don't you have a brain? You know, I, I can go that route. I can go the anger route. And say, you know, what do these people know? Do they even have a radio show? Have they ever done radio in their life? Who are they to tell me about how to run the radio show and how to do my show? That's two different routes I can take. Uh, but I choose to take the third route. I want to explain this to you. And again, I know I'm using the radio stuff here, but it's the same thing. Criticism is criticism, and we're all going to get criticized. And here's my route. I listened. I listened intently, I, I listened carefully to understand what is it that they're trying to say. Now, number one, it wasn't necessarily a personal attack, but even, let's just assume for the sake of argument, for the sake of what we're talking about, that it was a, a personal attack. Let's just pretend that they were mad at me and they didn't like me and they didn't like my show and they didn't like what I said. Regardless, what I'm going to do, and this, this took some training for me to do, it took me some time to really get to this place here. I just sit back and listen. I put my feelings aside. I'm going to put them on the shelf here just for a second and really hear what they're saying. Even if they're taking a shot at me, I want to understand fully what they said. So I'm going to, let's, let's separate, let's pretend that they called me names. They said, oh, Gary, you're a fool. Your show is foolish. I'm going to take those comments and put it aside. And I want to kind of sift through what they said. They said too many Bible verses and they didn't like the introduction music. Fine. I have to really think and put myself in their shoes. Let me think about how many Bible verses 
I put out in the last show. It was quite a few. It was definitely quite a few. I took a look and, and yeah, it, it is definitely quite a few. And I can see how somebody uh, could feel lost in all those Bible verses. And I was going back to back to back. No, my intention was to give you all that I can because that's, that's just the way I think. I want all of it all at once. Just, just give it to me and I'm gonna, I'm, I'll sift through it and I'll figure it all out. And not, not everybody's like that. And I have to realize that. So do you see what I just did is I took their criticism, whether it was supposed to be negative or not. And I, I don't think it was, just, just to, for the record. But I have, to, I have to sift through that and see, well, wait a minute. There is something important here. What if, let's just assume maybe they're brand new. They don't know the Bible. Maybe I, I need to slow down a little bit and maybe do some better explaining. Great. So do you see what I did there? I, I took what they said and even if it was supposed to be negative, I, I turned it into the positive. I turned it into a positive criticism regardless of where they were coming from. I'm going to take that and really put, you know, I'm going to put that on the shelf and say, well, wait a minute, maybe I need to explain myself a little bit better. So note taken. Now, as for the introduction music, I've heard that from other people too. So now that's making me think, well, wait a minute, maybe the introduction music needs to be changed. So since then, what I've done is I've actually talked to a couple people. And I don't know if it's going to make it for this show, but probably for the next show. Hopefully we're going to have some new music, which I can't wait for. I've, I've actually been waiting for it. The introduction music, speaking of which, uh, I, I never even really liked uh, from the beginning, but that's all we can do. It's, it's all the copyright issues. You, there's so many hoops you have to jump through for music. It's pretty ridiculous. So there would be, there was radio issues if I was to, there was other music I, I had chosen. That's what it really is. I had chosen other music, but there were copyright issues. I wouldn't be able to use it on the radio station. So we had to go with the song that we, we have for the moment. And that, you know, it is what it is. We just have to do, do the best that we can with what we have. But I do have somebody working on uh, new music and I can't wait to get it. I, I think we'll get it by next time. But notice what I did. I took criticism and I really just thought about it. I just really took it in and, well, wait a minute. What is this person trying to say? Why would they go out of their way to tell me and criticize me? And look, and there are some, and, and I'll give you another example after this for, for you know, criticism, but this one actually gave me some substance to work with. It's hard to do. It's hard to do because my emotions are feeling hurt. I think it's easy for anybody to take that personally. So be aware of criticism. It doesn't matter how ugly or bad it is. Take it, learn from it. And it's all for the purpose of growing. And I have to come back to what my goal is for this show. The goal is number one, to do God's will. But number two is to find a way for this show to bless you. And you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of radio shows, and I'm actually very bothered and maybe this is part of the inspiration that God put on my heart is that, you know, there's a lot of shows and, and some really big ones and famous ones. And I feel like they take the entire time and say nothing. And perhaps part of the inspiration is that I, I don't want to spend the entire time saying nothing. I remember I, I've listened just recently. I've listened to a whole bunch of shows, 30 minute, 40 minute, hour long shows. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've I didn't even get a, a golden nugget in here. You know, I got nothing. I got maybe maybe a flake or two. In an hour? In an entire hour, you get nothing but a flake uh, of something that I can use in my life? That's, that's pretty sad to me. So maybe that's part of the inspiration. So 
I have to go back to that goal is, well, wait a minute. I want to make sure what I'm giving to you guys is not just, uh, not just bubble gum, not just cotton candy. I want to give you guys some substance. I want to give you guys some meat, some uh, spiritual meat, spiritual vegetables, something you can take and go home and, and take it for your week and, and run with and perhaps even move you and change and transform your life. That's powerful. That's what the word of God did for me. So I guess that's, that's part of this is that's what I want for you is that it has really moved and changed and helped me grow in ways that I can, I can never imagine. So I hope I'm doing that for you. If I'm not, again, let me know. I want, I want to hear your criticism. Go to finallyaliveradio.com and click on contact us. And I, I'm willing to hear it all. I want to hear it. And look, I might even put it on the air just for the sake of it's great for all of us to learn from. Now, let me give you another example of criticism. Uh, a person sent me an email. You know, I've been a Christian for over 30 years and this stuff is pretty basic stuff. I don't need this stuff. And they said, I'm not listening to your show. Okay, that's fine. Now, was there something that I can use there? Was there something productive, something I can use to grow? To a degree, yes. But on the other hand, no. Really, all they did was put down the show and how it wasn't helping them. There's going to be some cases where I can't help everybody. The show is not going to be for everybody. Sometimes it's going to be very basic and sometimes it's going to be a little bit more advanced. I want to keep it somewhere in the, in the middle there. Hopefully uh, it won't be too advanced, but advanced enough for you to feel like you're getting some sort of spiritual meat, something that's going to challenge your mind. That's what I really want. Something to challenge and spark thought. I think that's one of the most important things here. And if you can get that, great. Now, for this person who was criticizing the show and saying, you know, it's just basic and I don't like this and I've been a, I've been a Christian for so many years. This is nothing. I'm, I'm even unsubscribing. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm never listening to the show again. Okay, fine. You're allowed to. Some people need to walk away and that's okay. That's totally fine. Nothing against the person. It's, it's not for everybody. Can you find a way to do that in your life? Can you find a way for the people who, and not that this person was trying to be toxic or anything or trying to be purposefully rude. Maybe they were just upset about the show. I, I, it could be. It's fine. It's not for everybody. But can you find a way to let this go? You know, I, I have to keep some things basic enough, but I do want to put some more advanced things in the show. W what do I do with that? As of right now, nothing, but it's in the back of my mind. If, if I get enough people saying, oh, you know, your, your show is too basic, then guess what? We're going to go ahead and, you know, up the ante a little bit, but you know, I don't want to leave people behind either. You know, some people are brand new to this show. I've also gotten other comments about how, wow, you know, some of the things that you talked about in so-and-so show... Uh, really was a blessing and it helped me so much. And it was just basic stuff and that's great. You know, it's basic, quite honestly, we can't walk away from the basics. So I'm, I can't throw away the basics. That's the ABCs. So if I run away from the ABCs then you know, what are we doing? Just talking about advanced stuff isn't always going to be fruitful. So we have to be aware. We have to be sensitive to, to everybody here. But can you take that? Can you take criticism and see which one is a blessing? Which one is going to help you? And just use that. And then the other stuff, you can put it on the shelf and or throw it away. If, if it's name calling, personally, I just throw it away. You know, people can say, ah, you know, I don't like the way you look. I don't like your shirt. I don't, I don't like your hair. Yeah, you know what? That's all minimal stuff. That's just personal shots. And, and look, you don't have to like what a person looks like. 
Look, what is it about the substance? That's the most important thing to me, the substance. Again, I wanted to thank you for listening to Finally Alive Radio. It means a lot to me. I want to make sure that you are getting blessed from this show. That's an incredibly important thing for me. So I want to bring up another common topic that I've heard in counseling sessions, in, you know, even in, in church or other places. Many sermons have been preached about this topic. And I'll put in a question form here. And the question is, how can you have faith if you're afraid? And I've heard many preachers preach this saying that there's no way that a person can have faith and fear. Faith and fear are opposites. You cannot have them both. Either you're afraid or you have faith. It's one or the other. You cannot have both. And if you have both, then really you're just afraid. It's a pretty powerful statement to make. And I can only imagine what's going through this person's mind. And, you know, I, and I've seen it in here, people struggling with this and, and thinking to themselves, you know, I, I want to do right by God. I, 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 how am I going to do right by God if I'm afraid? Because I'm, if I'm afraid, I'm not having faith. And isn't that, or isn't that the most basic thing? Isn't that the only requirement for salvation? And it is, it's faith. But how does that work with fear? How can I have faith and fear? I don't want to do wrong by God here. I don't want to disappoint God. I don't want to do him wrong. I mean, that's the one last thing I want to do is disappoint God. Who wants to disappoint God? I don't think anybody does. You know, then you read a verse like 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So if God didn't give us the spirit of fear, then where is that coming from? Is it Satan? Is it just pure evil that's in my heart? Does that mean I'm following Satan if I'm afraid? What does that mean? Does that mean I, I, I trust in Satan? I, you know, these are the thoughts that, that, that come to some people's mind. I've seen it here. You know, faith and fear, it's, it's such a difficult thing. It's, it's such a struggle. It's so difficult. How do we make sense of all this? And after all, don't all the strong Christians live this way? In faith and never being afraid. That's a typical thought. And if, if there's anything to prove here, it's that I have faith. I'm not afraid. And if I'm afraid, then I'm going against God. Because as it said in 2 Timothy 1.7, if I'm afraid, then, then I must not have faith. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for my salvation? And what a scary thought, huh? I found an article to go along with what we're saying here. And the article, it's from gotquestions.org. Uh, you know, I, I generally speaking, I, I like what they say, but let's take a look at what, what they're saying here. So the question is, uh, faith versus fear, what does the Bible say? And, and part of the answer here is, faith and fear cannot exist together. Faith is described in Hebrews 11.1 1 as being certain of what we do not see. So wait a minute, even this, this article here is telling me that faith and fear cannot exist together. In fact, that's the first sentence here. It goes on to say, on the other hand, fear, simply stated, is unbelief or weak belief. Wow. Powerful. As unbelief gains the upper hand in our thoughts, fear takes hold of our emotions. Our deliverance from fear and worry is based on faith, which is the very opposite of unbelief. They go on to say, the more we learn about God, the more we can see him working in our lives and the stronger our faith grows. In the Psalms, we see a picture of David who, like us, experienced times of fear. Psalm 56.3 reveals his faith with these words, When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. 
God takes each one of us through fearful situations, and as we learn to obey God's word and allow it to saturate our thoughts, we find each trial becomes a stepping stone to a stronger and deeper faith. Now, lots of things are being said there, then that, that makes this even more scary, doesn't it? So the counselor brings in that article to me, and now, now they're filled with dread. It's not even fear anymore, now it's dread. Another article written by Eric Redman, Four Reasons Why Christians Have Nothing to Fear. He uses uh, Hebrews 2.14 and 15, so let's go ahead and read that. It says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. So he's using fear as as if we're a slave to that so he says the first reason we have nothing to fear is because jesus has identified with us in order to defeat the devil okay true and then he says we have nothing to fear because jesus in identifying with us delivers us from the fear of death all right and then he says we have nothing to fear because jesus has identified with us to defuse the divine wrath we are identified as brothers of Jesus, a truth by virtue of divine adoption. Pretty powerful. He goes on to number four. He says, we have nothing to fear because Jesus has identified with us to divert our desertion. He says, because he endured the cross with our sin and God's wrath upon him, he knows death better than any. It is then time to run to Jesus who is able. Uh, totally agreeable. It makes sense. Now, again, you, you, you know, Perhaps you as a, as a counselee, you, you read these things. And, and these are articles that people brought me. And they've read these things. They're thinking to themselves, okay, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to have no fear. And here I am, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. I'm going to go 100%. I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to act happier. I'm going to act more positive. Maybe I'm going to be more of an encourager. I'm going to encourage people to, to really practice my faith. Maybe, you know, you become a deacon or a helper in church. Now, you're living and walking the faith because now you're fearless, right? So you're trying to walk this. I mean, you, and it's, it's that whole fake it till you make it kind of thing. Some people do that too. And okay, fine. So maybe, maybe, maybe this person does that. And they're just trying to fake it till they make it because perhaps now they can do it. And, you know, now they're doing it for days and weeks and maybe months. And probably if they can for years, they're just faking it and faking it. And then it happens that bad news happens, that bad news, that bad thing, the thing you hope that would never happen, happens. After all that faith talk, after all that walk and encouraging and helping and doing everything that you could, you finally break. That thing that scares you to death happens. Now you're overwhelmed with fear. You're anxious, you're worried, you're panicking, maybe you're having panic attacks. And what goes through your mind? All the Bible verses, all those articles we just read. And you're thinking maybe to yourself, I thought I was fearless. You know, I memorized the Bible verses. How can I how can I still have fear? I confess my sins, I did all these things. Where did this fear come from? then maybe the next thought being, maybe I'm doing this wrong. 
Uh, did I miss something? Did, you know, how how is how is their faith? I was I thought I was I was faithful and I was uh, I was chanting no fear, no fear. Maybe I should have prayed more. Maybe maybe I had to be more faithful. Maybe be more involved in church or or help others or give to charities or help the poor or something. Oh my gosh! What if I never had faith? Because remember, faith and fear cannot coexist. That's what all the articles said. That's what my pastor said. I mean, even Warren Wearsby in his book, Be Obedient, Learning the Secret of Living by Faith, he says, when you are in the place of God's choosing, you don't ever need to be afraid, for faith and fear cannot dwell in the same heart. And he cites Isaiah 12, 2, Mark 4, 40, the fear of God is the fear that conquers every fear. But the fear of man brings a snare. And Warren Wearsby, I mean, he's, he's a top dog, right? I mean, if, if you know who he is. And he even says this? Now, maybe you're back in the despair mode and thinking, oh my gosh, all this, all this faith talk didn't do anything. And now I'm even more scared because faith and fear, just like Warren Wearsby now is saying, faith and fear cannot dwell in the same heart. You tried it. You tried to live it. You thought this was the good ideal thing to do. And it still had a shortcoming. Now what do I do? What do we do with this issue now? Let me give you what the answer is here. I don't believe faith is the opposite of fear or you cannot have faith in fear. I believe you can't have faith unless you have fear. Let me say that again. I don't believe you can have faith without fear. And that's what I'm going to explain to you. Do me a favor, go to finallyaliveradio.com. You can actually download this show so you can listen to it again. I think it's, it's going to be a very helpful show. And while you're there, let me know what you think of the show. I want to know if this is blessing you, okay? Well, first off, let, let, let me start off, and I, I kind of built it all up for you to show you what, you know, many, many people have gone through, many Christians have gone through. And I want to show you where the fallacies are. I'll give you the answers right up front. I'll give you the, the, the shortcut Cliff's notes here. Typically, most of the time, it's reading a verse out of context. Almost all the time. For example, let's go back to 2 Timothy 1.7. I read for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now, I'm going to pull that up here. Now, that's 2 Timothy 1, and that starts off. We have to, we have to read a couple verses above that. Now, here's, here's my stance on just about every time we, we read Bible verses. I do this in, in sermons at church. I try, um, generally speaking, if you've heard me speak at, at church or, or anywhere else, generally speaking... I'm going to read a few verses, not just one verse. Rarely will I read one verse, but usually I try to read a couple verses, maybe before and or after, or all the above, for the sake of context. It's easy to read one verse, take that verse and run with it, and then see it doesn't work because it was taken out of context. So, that said, I'm going to go to 2 Timothy 1 verse 3, and that says, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. And by the way, this is 
Paul speaking to Timothy. Verse 4, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Let me read that part again. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. Where did his faith come from? Where did he learn faith? Which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. Paul obviously knows who Tim's mom and grandma are. Dad, we don't know where he is Uh, at this point. You know, we're just talking about them. We're just talking about Lois and Eunice. But Paul knows where his faith started. Sounds like he had a pretty good grandmother and a good mother to show him what faith is. Then verse 6 says, For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of, it says fear, but another word. This version, the NASB version, says the spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. So maybe it wasn't that Tim was afraid. And by the way, nowhere here does Paul say, oh, well, you cannot have faith and fear. He's just saying that that's not from God. That's all. But he knows he has it in him. Paul is saying, I know you have it in you. I know you have that heart of faith. I know your grandma and your mom. I know you were raised well, understanding what faith is. And all he's saying is, look, I know you feel timid. Maybe you feel afraid, but walk in from all eternity. He's not saying you're going to go to hell. He's not saying any of that stuff. He's just saying, you've already got this in you, kid. Walk in that. You've already, you already know how to do this. Just walk in it now. That's all he's saying. He's not condemning him. You see, when we read some of the, the context there, look, look at verse 8, the next verse. He says, Therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted in Jesus Christ. So he's talking more about being timid. He's saying, look, go out there. Don't be ashamed. Just go out there and do what you got to do. He's not putting him down. He's not saying you can't have faith and fear. He's just saying, look, you've already got the faith. Just walk in it, son. Just walk in it. Maybe you feel timid. Maybe you have your fearful moments and that's okay. Look, I'm telling you, fear and faith work together. And let me give you an analogy to help you with this. And this is the typical analogy I like to give. Imagine I tell you, walk on that bridge over there walk across it. I know it has a thousand foot drop and maybe you're afraid of heights. I know. I want you to walk across that bridge and you walk up to the bridge and you look at it. Number one, you see the uh, thousand foot drop there. And then you look at the bridge and you can hear it creaking and cracking. It's already, it's already shaking every time the wind hits it. And you look a little bit closer, you see the, uh, the ropes. They're old, you know, 100-year-old rope that look like they're just going to fall apart. Some parts look like it's just string holding it together, you know, like the typical movie Scary Bridge, right? And I say, no, no, trust me. Trust me. Walk across it. You're going to make it across. You look at that bridge, and it's normal, 100% normal for you to feel fear. In fact, I would be worried if you didn't feel fear. 
if you didn't feel fear, there's something wrong with the emotions on the inside saying, because the, the, the alarms need to be going off. Why aren't the alarms going off? It's a rickety bridge. It looks like it's going to fall apart with the next strong gust of wind. Why wouldn't you be afraid? You better be. But then I say, look, trust me. I've done it. I've walked across it. Trust me, you're going to make it across. Now here is where faith kicks in. In the Old Testament, the word faithfulness, like in Genesis 32.10, it says the word faithfulness. In the Hebrew, it's the word emet. And when you translate that word, it's the, it's the idea of not just faithfulness, but also of loyalty. Look, if it, you can be loyal with, you know, to your boss, but you can still have fear. You know, oh boy, I, ho- I hope he's making the right decision, but I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to stand by his side or her side. You can stand by your spouse. You may be worried that they, may, they might make the wrong decision, but you still stand by them. Loyalty. That's, that's the idea of Emmet, Old Testament faithfulness. Now, in the New Testament, I'm going to read Galatians 3.22. And just one verse, just for the sake of uh, the purpose I'm trying to get to here. It says, but the scripture has shut up everyone under sin. So that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, that's interesting. I thought faith and believe were the same thing. Well, apparently they're not. They're close, but they're not the same. So let's explain faith and let's explain what believing is. And I'm going to give you the Greek words. Again, I'm a big fan of the original languages. I want to do my absolute best to not just give you what I think it means. I'm going to do everything that I can humanly to give you what the word actually means from their perspective. And how do you do that? You have to understand the context, the history, the writer, and who the writer is talking to. And there's, and there's a gamut of other things. Uh, you know, there, there's a whole bunch. We're not going to get into all that. But we have to take into account all of that. You got to realize what I'm, uh, what I'm reading out of Galatians is about 2,000 years old. I can't just take it and make it just personal just for me. Then I'll be taking it out of context. So I have to be careful of that. With that said, so let's look at what it says here. So it says, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Let's take the first word. It says faith. That word in the Greek is pisteos, or the root is pistis, pistis. The word faith, better understood, would probably be to win over or to persuade. So let's go back to our rickety bridge and I tell you, hey, have faith in what I'm telling you. Go, on, go across the bridge. Trust me. What am I doing? I'm persuading you. I'm trying to win you over. Okay, and that's what faith is. When you walk in that, I won you over. It has nothing to do with fear. You can still have fear. Remember like Old Testament uh, Emmet, loyalty. You can still be loyal to me and go across that bridge holding on for dear life because you're afraid of what might happen. Regardless, you're still walking it. So do you see, you can literally be on the bridge, walking across that bridge with a thousand foot drop with faith because you're one, I I won you over. I persuaded you to walk it because now you're really trusting me and still afraid. Now the other word where it says, uh, might be given to those who believe the word believe is the word pisteosin, which the root word is pisteo. Sometimes the word is translated faith, but the better translation for this specific word would be to believe. So what is the difference between having faith and believing? Believing is a lot more absolute. 
So back to our rickety bridge, you had faith in what I, I said because you were persuaded by what I said and you, you were going across the bridge. Now let's say you make it across the bridge and you're on the other side looking at me from the other side. You don't have faith anymore. Now it's pisteo. Now you believe me. It's a lot more absolute. Do you see? It's a lot more concrete. So before you made it, you had, you had fear. As you're walking it, you have faith and fear. When you walked across the bridge and made it over, now you believe me. Because, oh yeah, what Gary said was true. I believe it now. I see it. I've literally seen it now. Look, I'm telling you, don't worry about having fear. You cannot have faith without fear. Faith is doing something that sometimes feels or, and or looks impossible to you. I mean, you can't tell me that Old Testament Moses, when they're going to cross the Red Sea and you've got a bunch of soldiers coming from Egypt after you to kill you, you can't tell me you're going to be totally calm with that. Moses had to have fear, but he walked in faith. He had faith in God's word. He raises his arms and the sea spreads and they, grow, they go across that sea. They all had to have some sort of faith there to walk across that sea looking at the wall of water that could actually swallow them literally as they're, as they're walking across it. So faith and fear, they go hand in hand. You know, Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Did you just hear what I said? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. How is it possible to have the fear of the Lord and not, and not have faith? Then do you see how fear and faith go hand in hand? You have to have fear. And the idea of fear here is the word yare. Yare in, in the Hebrew, the, this word is not just fear, but also reverence or respect. So when you have respect for the Lord, that's the beginning of knowledge. So you've got, to, you've got to actually have respect for God. And you can't have faith without that respect and even really the healthy fear. You've got to realize, I, don't, I really don't understand how these, how these ministers do this, but sorry, I'm going to rant for a second here, but it gets under my skin because the truth is you have to have fear. Look, if you're at an edge of a cliff and you look down and you don't get that feeling inside where, uh, back up, back up, back up. <laughs> If you don't get that feeling, I think we have issues. I would consider that healthy fear. You know, if someone came into the into a counseling session and said, "Oh yeah, you know, I I have no fear of anything." I'm already wondering what's going on here. How is it possible that that you have zero fear of anything? That's impossible. It's it's one thing to say, "Oh, you know, I um I could be afraid or I can have some fear, but you know, I I'll manage or I'll do my best with it." But to say I have absolutely no fear, you know, if there's a gun in your face, you know, our, our poor veterans who come back from war, why do you think they get PTSD? It's a post-traumatic stress disorder. Why do you think that happens? Because of all the adrenaline, all the fear, all the things that they saw, it haunts them. And, and, and I love you guys and God bless you guys for what you guys have done. And I have so much respect for our veterans and, you know, God bless you guys, really. Uh, I don't think you guys are treated fairly, just for the record. That's my, my take on that. But uh, I, I, hope that, um, I hope that things will improve, and I hope that the VA begins to, to treat you guys the way you guys deserve to be treated, with honor and respect. So God bless you guys. But why do you think they have PTSD? Why do you think they suffer these things? Well, part of it, if not a lot of it, is fear. It's understandable. They should have that feeling. 
I mean, if you're in war, you're going to feel that way. Totally understandable. So to say that you have no fear at all and only have faith, it, it doesn't logically even make any sense. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. And he goes on, bringing up Jesus, verse 5, have this attitude in, your, in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard him equally with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him. And skipping to verse 12, it says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Should I repeat that part? Work out your own salvation. By the way, if you're writing this down, it's Philippians 2 verse 12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The Greek word here for fear is phobos. What word does that sound like in the English? Phobia. Work out your own salvation in phobos, in fear. You know what kind of fear that is? I'll give you a couple synonyms here, l looking it up in, the, in some lexicons. Intimidating, fear, alarm, fright, and of course, reverence and respect. A terror. A terror. That's a synonym, synonym to this word here. Work out your own salvation in terror? Well, here's the idea. It's not just some, you know, be deathly afraid, but the idea is have so much respect for God that you're actually afraid of doing him wrong. That's the idea. You work out your own salvation that way. You have to have fear. Fear of, of doing God wrong. Think about that. If you have no fear, there's no alarms on the inside. There's no alarms going off. You need the alarms to keep you in line. That's just the way it is. Parents, parents, we as parents put fear in our children, healthy fear, for them not to go the wrong way, not to go on the wrong path. These are important things. So there's healthy fear. And we're talking about the healthy fear. Healthy fear is okay. You work out your own salvation in that fear and trembling. Trembling, what do you do? You, uh, are you trembling when you have uh, a ton of faith? No. And how much, how much faith is required? Jesus says a mustard seed of faith. A mustard seed. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of a mustard seed, but it's tiny. Probably one of the smallest seed that exists. So look, you stand in that. You stand in fear because that's where the faith is going to show up. Here's your action of faith. It's not faith. Your action of faith is taking that first step. Take your first step. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, you're uncomfortable. Of course. 
but you're walking in faith. That's what walking in faith is. Even though everything inside of your brain is saying, no, this can't happen, or it's not going to work, or I'm going to fall, or it's going to fall apart, I still walk. That's faith. That is faith. That's what we walk in. You know, I've, I've helped those in counseling who were so deathly afraid of facing that person in their life that had done them wrong in the past. But trusting, you know, in God first, trusting, you know, in the counsel that, that I'm, I'm giving them, being led of the Lord, of course, they faced their fear. We use that sentence all the time. They faced their fear. You facing your fear, you have to do that in faith because you don't know what's going to happen after that, right? So the best you have is be persuaded, be moved. But then once you approach it and you conquer it, now you'll believe. You're a believer at that point. But I know I've, I've, I've counseled. I, I do that you know, I, on a daily basis. I've helped those. I remember one instance where the person was just deathly afraid of facing that person who had done them wrong, who had abused them, actually. That's what was the case there. And in that particular case, the answer was, let's go confront them. Not let's, you go confront them. And of course, the reaction is, oh, how could I do that? That, that scares me. I, I'm, I'm getting sweaty just thinking about it. I'm so, I'm so scared. I know you are. It's supposed to be scary. But experiment with it. See what happens when you face your fear. It has to make sense. I'm not saying that every single person has to go confront that person. I would say most of them are that case, but some are and some aren't. So the rest of that story goes, they face that person. They were dreading it. They were absolutely dreading it. They go and confront the person. They tell them what happened. They tell them how they felt. They did it. They faced it. They left and started laughing. And I asked the person, why did you laugh after you left? They said, it was scarier walking in. But the moment I just started talking, I, I feel like the fear just went away. And I said, exactly, exactly. You walked in faith, but as you were crossing your bridge, as you were crossing the bridge, you started to have more and more belief. See, God doesn't take away the fear. You've got to walk. And as you're walking, God helps remove the fear. Maybe in some cases, the fear will not go away until your last step. But regardless, you're going to have to go through the steps anyway. You've got to take your step. There's healthy fear. And then there's unhealthy fear. We want to make sure to deal with the unhealthy fear. And the way you deal with unhealthy fear is you face it. You face your fear. You have to. But when you're doing that, you're literally walking in faith. That's what that is. You're walking in faith. So when it says, do not be afraid. Well, yeah, that's your comfort. Don't be afraid. You're going to be afraid, but do your best. Do your best with that. You know, we can read Bible verses. Look, we, we have Jesus talking about, you know, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. But we do. You're going to. You're human. You're absolutely human. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with Jesus, obviously. I totally agree. Let's not worry. But how do I turn that off? 
Oh, well, tons of faith. No, no. Some things are scarier than other things. Look, you get bad news from the hospital. Don't tell me you're not going to be afraid. Don't tell me you're not, your brain isn't going to go into panic mode. That's normal. That's normal. But the moment you go back to God and say, all right, Lord, I don't know what to do with this. Help me with this. Heal me or whatever the case is. You just walked in faith. You just proved who you trust in. So that whole faith and fear thing, it works together. It works hand in hand. You remember that verse in Luke twenty-two forty-four? It says, and being in agony, he was praying very fervently. Speaking of Jesus, Jesus was praying fervently and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. You know what that's called? That's called hematohydrosis, sweating blood. There's actually been other reports of people sweating blood. There's a report of uh, soldiers sweating blood and obviously Jesus sweating blood. It's, it's a rare occurrence, but it happens. Apparently, you know, they have reports of this. And two things that can cause hematohydrosis is excessive exertion or excessive physical or mental effort or psychogenic, having a psychological origin or cause rather than a physical one. So something in the mind. Is it possible that Jesus was mentally freaking out, literally knowing in a, in a few minutes after this prayer, I'm going to be taken away by a bunch of soldiers, beaten half to death, and then crucified? He knew this. He knew it was coming. He, he talked about it before it happened. He told the disciples before it even happened. Do you know that? He told them, hey, there's going to be a time up. They're going to take me away. They're going to, they're going to kill me. He says that. Excessive exertion and psychogenetic, these are two main causes of hematohydrosis, sweating blood. Jesus himself was afraid. He had to be. He was, he was human. Remember, he's, he's human enough to feel. And quite honestly, if, if that didn't happen, I'd wonder. But apparently it happens. And this is Jesus, right? This is the one who's talking about having faith. He himself was sweating blood. Did that mean he had no faith? No. That's a healthy fear. He knows he's about to go through one of the worst things ever. And back then, they were excellent at torturing people. They're not like today. Today, you know, waterboarding, as bad as that is, back then, they would literally cut you and beat you. I mean, if you've seen The Passion of the Christ, I don't even think that gives you the whole gamut of what actually happened to Jesus. I... I appreciate the movie, but I hated it because it was just so gory. But you've got to appreciate to see, oh my gosh, is this what Jesus went through? I don't think so. I think he went through worse, quite honestly. But I think it's something to be aware of. Jesus himself was afraid. But he still walked his walk. He was faithful. He believed. He knew what was going to happen. He just didn't like what was going to happen. I can't blame him. So why not take a lesson here from, from the page of Jesus. It doesn't matter how afraid you are. Face your fear. Face what you need to face. And you're going to get through it. It's usually scarier in the mind than it is in the course. Not all the time, but many times. Be aware of that. I want to end with an article I found. This is from Proverbs31.org. Ariel Lawhorn says, 
Uh, and she quotes uh, Deuteronomy 31, 6. She, she says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. She goes on to say, our pediatrician told me that my baby had a collapsed lung. The baby I'd given birth to just an hour earlier. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the presence of faith. Let me read that again. She says, and she's quoting this from something. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the presence of faith. I really like that. I like that. The trauma started the previous evening when my doctor declared that I needed to get to the hospital immediately. A series of sonograms and tests revealed that my son was in distress and dangerously underweight. We had to deliver as soon as possible. We walked through the door of that hospital afraid that our worst fears were about to become reality. Faith did not come naturally in that moment. Ladies and gentlemen, that's totally normal. What this poor woman went through totally normal. She goes on to say, I would have preferred that courage meant I wouldn't fear the path that lay before me. But no, my path would involve hours and then days learning the ins and outs of oxygen tubes, IVs, and heart rate monitors. I would learn terms like spontaneous pneumothorax and the dreaded pneumonia. My path contained a great deal of fear it is no wonder that God had to remind us in Deuteronomy 31.6, which I just read, not to be afraid. Fear, it seems, is a natural reaction when we face a challenge, whether it is being led through the desert into the promised land or being rushed to the hospital for an emergency delivery. We spent five days in the hospital with our tiny son, and each day God took a little of our fear and replaced it with faith. Just like we were saying earlier. Let me read that part again. Each day, God took a little of our fear and replaced it with faith. It's okay for you, my friends. It's okay for you to feel fear. But notice what happens. God, as you're walking your walk, God will, God will find ways to replace that fear with faith. I have wondered since if our stay in the hospital was as much for my healing as, as my son's. Thankfully, God healed us both. Be strong, God said, and courageous. We can do this because he has promised to never leave us or forsake us. He stands with us in battle, and he sits with us who hold the tiny hand of a newborn baby in the intensive care unit. He never leaves our side. Never. I really like that article. I don't like the topic. It's, that's heartbreaking. And I pray that her and her family are okay now. And, and you, Ariel, you, you are in, in our prayers here. But I love what she says. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the presence of faith. And over time, God replaced that fear with faith. But she had to walk. She had to face her fear. She could not just sit there laying aside and saying, oh, I'm, I'm just so afraid and just stop. No, you have to get up and walk. As dreadful and as terrifying as that sounds and it is, Face your fear, whatever that is. What happened to you in the past? What have you gone through in the past? It's time for you to face it. It's time for you to look it in the eye, even figuratively speaking, and tell it what what it needs to hear. Did you go through heartbreak in your life? Any kind. 
were you abandoned in your life? Face that fear. All because you were abandoned doesn't mean you're worthless. Face that fear. You're important. You're important to God. God does love you. Of course, the question is, where is he? He's there. The question is, are you walking to see him? Are you walking your faith? Are you walking in fear, in fear and trembling, as what we read in Philippians? When you walk, you will see God. But you have to walk. God already knows what's going to happen. This is for you and your growth. Do you understand that? It's, it's very difficult to, to grasp this sometimes. But the growth is for you, not for God. God already, God already knows the answer. He already knows what's going to happen. You walk, you get up, you face your fear and watch God. I challenge each and every one of you guys to walk and watch God come through. In fact, after you do that, email me. I want to hear the testimonies of what God did in your life. Go to finallyaliveradio.com, click on contacts, and message me. Let me know. Tell me everything. I'll read it on the air. I want to know what happened. I want to know how God walked in your life. See, I can't convince you of this. I can't convince you God exists. I can, I can give you all the facts, but that doesn't mean you're going to believe. You'll have to actually walk and experience God yourself. There's no other way. There's no other way. It's, it's like me trying to describe love to you. It's not going to happen. You have to live it, experience it, and see it for yourself to see how real this is. You go walk your walk in fear and watch God transform that fear into faith. Now go and do what you've got to do. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us on this week's program with pastor and counselor Gary Harris of Finally Alive Ministries. We pray that if God has touched your heart with any part of today's teaching, you would respond and move into the healing that God has for you. Visit us at finallyalive.com. There, you can download this episode for free, email your concerns, questions, or share a story of how God is using this teaching to help you grow in Christ and His freedom. If you'd like to call our prayer line, you may do so at 657-246-2464. That's 657-246-2464. Or email at prayer at finallyalive.com. We will meet you again next week at this same time when we look at God's Word with pastor and counselor Gary Harris and learn how to finally be alive in Christ.